this morning, I was awakened at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and that was not the time I'd planned to get up. Uh, I looked over at my clock. I said, oh, good, I got some more time. Let me go back to sleep. Couldn't go back to sleep. Usually when you wake up at that time in the morning, the enemy is pretty faithful to start, I mean, just dousing you with fear and doubt and unbelief. But this time, it was not the devil. It was the Holy Spirit. And I was full, not of fear and doubt and anxiety, but of expectation and excitement of what God was going to do right here today. And I started, the best thing you can do when you wake up like that, just start praying. And I started praying for you. I started praying for this service. I said, Lord, what are you going to do today? I feel something awesome is going to happen in the house today. And I believe, and and this is what the Lord has put on my heart uh, this week, is that God is going to work some miracles today. Uh, If you need a miracle, listen, if you're watching live stream, this message is for you too. God wants to work a miracle for you. This is not just for us here. It's for you too. Stay tuned. God's going to work a miracle in this house today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a few scriptures. I'm going to tell three stories. I trust I'll get to all three of them about how God worked a miracle for me and my wife and our church as I pastored for 30 years. This is my storytelling chair right here, all right? I'll sit down. When I'm going to tell a story, I'm going to sit in this chair, and I'm going to tell you a story. And we're going to see what God's going to do. We'll end up in this altar together, believe in God for a miracle for you. Uh, it's going to happen, okay? I, I'm just confident. I've been praying about it all week long. The Holy Spirit said, I want to do some miracles, and that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to read, and you can just remain standing, then we'll pray together. Psalm 66. Psalm 66. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Psalm 66, verse 16. It says, Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what He did for me. For I cried out for help praising him as I spoke. And I, if I had not confessed my sin from my heart, the Lord would not have heard me. But God did hear me. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer. And let me put these glasses And withdraw his unfailing love from me. God is here today. He's going to manifest his unfailing love for you today. He's done it for me in the past. He's going to do it again. When Joshua went across the Jordan River, you remember, he told the leaders of the 12 tribes, grab your stone. We're going to set it up on the other side. And they set 12 stones up. He said, now, when your children ask you, what are those stones about? You be sure and tell them the miracle I worked for you. We need to be setting up memorials so we can tell our children and our grandchildren. And everyone who will hear Psalm 145, verse 4 says that each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I'm here to proclaim the power of God. I'm here to brag on God today. Not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God today. We're going to make him famous, all right? Are you ready? Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, today I know you're going to manifest your hand in this place. You're going to begin miracles. Right here in this room, it's going to last, Lord, for years to come, and it's going to be for your glory. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, expect a miracle. You can be seated. A miracle, I define a miracle as something only God can do. We're living in a pretty crazy world, and we need God. I need Him. Don't you need Him? Don't you need Jesus? Every miracle is different. Not every miracle is the same. It's not always the same size. Some miracles are instant. Some miracles take time. My first story I'm going to tell you about is a kind of an instantaneous miracle, all right? I'll put that down. I'll pull that up in just a moment. I want to tell you a story that happened uh, uh, in our church and in my wife and I's life some years ago. Uh, One week in our church, I got news from uh, the accounting department and from our banker that something went awry, uh, that the payments on our building, I believe it was, uh, that we had automatically signed up just to have them withdrawn from our account, had not been paid in several weeks, maybe even a month or two. And they said, I I just want you to know you need to get called up, and you owe us, I believe it was $14,000. Well, we did not have $14,000. At the same time, my wife and I got a letter in the mail from the IRS. It's always fun. And they said, They'd been doing an audit on a church I was at before I pastored my church. And I had a church credit card that I'd used to purchase things and to do things. And they lost the receipts of those. And someone was going to be charged uh, the tax on that credit card. And guess who got chosen? Who Guess whose name was on the credit card? My name was on the credit card. And they said, you now owe us... Uh, I forget exactly how much. It was several thousand dollars. That always makes your heart feel warm and fuzzy, you know. All right, we owe $14,000 to our bank from the church. Susan and I owe personally several thousand dollars to IRS. And this next Sunday that's coming up, I've invited a guest who's a well-known speaker. I'd interviewed him on TBN, and he's well-known for his preaching on uh, giving and receiving the prosperity message. And I had a pastor call me when he heard I was having this particular man in. He says, I'm going to tell you right now, don't have him in. If you have him in, he's going to take large offerings, and it's going to hurt your church. Now, I just got news. We owe $14,000. Then I got news. This man's going to come in and take large offerings. And it's, Then I had a staff member come, and he had heard somebody in the workings. They had heard also about this man. And they said, Pastor, we need to postpone this meeting. We can't do this right now. We just can't afford to have him in. And my attitude was, well, I invited him. I advertised it. I never uninvite a guest. We're going to have him in. Well, he came. He came on Sunday morning, preached a great message, received an offering. Came back on Sunday night. And he encouraged us on Sunday morning, I want everybody to bring your bills with you and your largest bill that you owe that's just haunting you right now. I knew exactly what me and Susan were going to do. We were going to bring that IRS bill. And we came that night and we laid that on the altar and he prayed over it and he preached a message. And he received another offering. I could tell it was a large offering. We dismissed, almost dismissed the service and he stood up and said, hang on just a minute. Wait, wait. 
He said, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. And he told me this offering was not for me, but I was to give this offering back to the church. Guess how much it was? It was what we needed. Get caught up. That's something only God could do. Now that's, that's the first miracle. Now there's a double miracle in this. Now remember, we prayed on Sunday night, our largest bill. Monday, Susan went to the grocery store. She came back. It was late. I believe it was close to 11 o'clock. She came back and she walked in with the groceries and she pulled out uh, a shampoo bottle, Alberto Ville 5. She tossed it to me and said, call that number. I said, what? She goes, they're having a contest. They'll pay your taxes up to $5,000 if you call it. Well, I had enough faith to dial the 1-800 number. That's it. I didn't have much faith. I had enough faith to dial the number. So I dialed the number, and on the other end, it was an automated voice that said, congratulations, you are a winner. I said, okay. They said, we're a winner. I've heard that before. That was the faith I had, okay? I wasn't jumping and saying, hey, we're a winner. No, I said, they said, we're a winner. Well, it wasn't long before I got a letter and a phone call from Albertson's Grocery Store. And Albertson's Grocery Store called and said, "Uh, Mr. Knatzer, I said, Yes, he's, would you come up to Albertson's? Uh, the executives of Alberto Ville 5 are going to be in town, and they want to take your picture. I said, well, okay, let's go. I walked up there, and they handed me this. Pay your taxes. And they gave me a check for $5,000. Now, that's what I call, that's a pretty instantaneous miracle. Most of them don't happen that way. But it happened that way. Instantly, we had one for the church. Instantly, we had one for me and my family. God was just saying, see, son, I'll take care of you if you just trust me. If you just just trust me and give me some time, I will take care of you. What a great miracle that was. And I tell that story, and I'm beginning to tell that story more because I want to help build your faith. I'm not special. God wants to do a miracle for you. He wants to give you a story to tell. Your children and your grandchildren and your friends and your family. And we're going to begin to hear some of those miracles. Miracles that take time. Now, as I said, most miracles take some time. I'm going to tell you what to do. If the miracle you're waiting for has not yet come. Uh, if you will do these things as you're waiting on your miracle, uh, I promise you, God will be faithful to His Word. God will be faithful to His Word. Here's what you need to do. You need to remember what He's done for you in the past. Don't forget what God's done for you. He saved you. That's the biggest miracle. But don't forget what he's done for you. And if you forget, just look at the Bible and read some stories out here of what God has done and can do and will do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You've got to remember what he has done, and you've got to believe what he said. What God said, God will do. And then thirdly, you've got to speak what he promised. You've got to say what God says till what God says is what you begin to see. You've got to say what God says. Don't say what the enemy says. 
Don't say what your flesh says. Say what God says. Till what God says is what you begin to see. And if you will do that, God is going to show up in your behalf. Romans chapter 10, he said, the word of faith is nigh you. Where is it? Even in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. And the word of faith is nigh you even in your mouth. That if you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that will bring you into your salvation. It will bring you into your miracle. So you got to remember, you got to believe, and you got to speak. Now, I'll tell you another story, something only God can do. This was not an instantaneous miracle. In our church, after a few years there in Duncanville, we began to grow and we began to have a lot of, we were influencing the youth in our southwest part of Dallas. And we were having young people on Wednesday nights and Friday nights especially, just, I mean, there were hundreds of young people coming uh, to hear the gospel and coming to fellowship and we didn't have enough room. We were on this side of the street. We did not have enough room. We were putting them in, cramming them in a little house we had. The property across the street from us was, uh, no one occupied it. It was about 12,000 square feet. Uh, and it was up for sale. I had a gentleman come to me and he said, I'd like to sell you that property. We were using the parking lot at the time. He said, I'd like to sell you the property. I said, oh, great, how much? He said, $600,000. I said, I'm sorry, we can't do that at this time. And so we just put it in the hands of God. I did not know this, but the young people on Friday nights were doing Jericho marches around that property, (laughs) claiming that property. Well, a few months later, I got a letter from the government again. This time they said, we want you to know that we've taken over that property across the street. It's going into foreclosure. And the government has it now. It's going on the auction block. And this is the date. It's going to be on a Sunday. And so we begin to talk about it. And I said, okay, we need to send somebody to the auction. We, we need that property. And I sent our youth pastor, Pastor Bill. He went and with two real estate people in our church, they went with him. They get to the Anato Hotel in Dallas. And there are 5,000 people waiting to bid on properties throughout the Metroplex. The property we were going to bid on was number five on the list. And I said, Pastor Bill, listen to me. I need you to go bid on this property, but you cannot bid more than $150,000. That doesn't make much sense, does it? $600,000 for what it was going to sell for. I said, you, you, you can't bid over $150,000. When he got registered, signed in, the fifth lot came up. It was ours. And he said, all of us at the auctioneer began to, call out a certain price. And he says, $145,000. He said, $145,000. All of a sudden, there was another bid, $148,000. Pastor Bill said, $150,000. And then all of a sudden, it got silent in the room. Nobody else bid. And they looked, the auctioneer looked around, $150,000 going once, going twice, looking surprised. Going straight up. You got it, young man. And the lady that was with him, Flo, got so excited, she jumped up and said, Pastor Bill, Pastor Bill, you got it, you got it. And everybody started laughing and clapping in that auditorium that day. 
And he came back and he called us, because it was during church that this was all taking place. He called me and said, we got it, we got it. And that property, we still own it today. We didn't realize, God knew, that when we bought it years ago, that it would affecting my life even today. We rent that property out now and do some other things in it. We've had a school in it. We've had other things. But that was something only God can do. That's what I call a miracle. Or give him glory for that. Isn't that good? And I'm telling you, we were standing on the word of God. I didn't know what was going to happen. I know if we lost that property and some business came in, what was it going to do to the church? We're going to lose the parking lot and and uh, just lose the property. And I didn't know what we were going to do. But that was the hand of God. And God just saying, I want you to know, I've got this under control. Just trust me. Again, give me a little bit of time. Well, as we began to rehearse that in our mind and remember all that God has done and believing Him and speaking His Word, God manifested His glory to us. There's a song out of... Bethel Church and their new album called I Prophesy His Promises. He says, when, when I don't feel it, I just prophesy the promises of God. Sometimes you don't feel it. Matter of fact, you feel just the opposite. But when you rely on God's Word and begin to prophesy what He said, then what He said will happen. All right, one more story. You ready for another story? Again, some... Miracles take time. This time, it had to do with me and my wife again. This time, we were driving. We just had breakfast, and we were driving home. We exited at the intersection where we normally go to get off and go to our home. And when we crossed the intersection, I noticed a dump truck coming our way. The dump truck lost its brakes and T-boned us uh, on the my side hit us and kind of knocked us forward a few feet. First thing I said, Susan, are you okay? And I kind of wiggled around. I think I'm okay. She said, I think I'm okay. We weren't hurt, but the car was hurt. The car was totaled. And uh, that's a miracle car. That's just a whole other story. But we realized that we're going to have to get another car. So we contacted his insurance agent. We got the money that they were going to allow us to have, and we paid off our loan that we had on that car, and we had a few thousand dollars, but it was not enough to buy another car. And I was in prayer one day, and, and I was saying, Lord, you, what are we going to do? We need a car. And I heard the Lord just speak to me. I felt like it was the Lord, turned out to be the Lord. He said, that money that you have from this accident is not your money. That's seed money. I said, well, Lord, I'm going to need a confirmation on that. So I went to Susan. I said, Susan, here's what I sense the Lord's telling me. And it didn't take her long to say, I'm in agreement. So I did one of the most, it's another fun thing I did. I took that money and we put it up and we got cash and we put it in envelopes Then I went to church one Sunday and I called all the single mothers and all the widows into the altar and we gave each of them a certain amount of money. Gave that money away. Seed money. Now I'm not saying that to, I'm bragging on God here. I want you to know I'm going to brag on God. 
Well, I didn't have a car, so I started driving the old church van. Now, I'm telling you, I don't think we had our name on it because it was too embarrassing to put our church name on that van. <laughs> I took my kids to go. My kids called it the Hoopty Van. Oh, no, we got to get in the Hoopty Van. I drove them to school, took my wife out to eat in the Hoopty Van. And I kind of drove it with, you know, contentment, and this is what God supplied. And, boy, and a few months later, I had a lady in our church call me. She said, Pastor, I hear you You need a car. I said, well, I got the church van. I was trying to be humble, you know. I've got the church van. She goes, no, 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 you need a nice car. I'm going to buy you a car. I said, I knew she could do it. She goes, I'll come by your office. And she came by my office, and she pulled out her checkbook, and she signed a check. She goes, just tell me how much the car was when you buy it. Gave me a blank check. I went, I said, well, buying a car. Now, what does that mean to you, buy a car? You know, she said, well, not a Mercedes, but a nice car. So I went to the Toyota dealership, and I found a program car there. The manager was driving, had a few thousand miles on it. I said, I like that car. Uh, It was a white uh, Toyota Avalon. And I said, I like that car. And I said, I want that car. They said, okay, how are you going to pay for that? Ooh, this is fun. I said, no, I think I'll just pay cash for it. They said, you don't want to finance that with our, no, no, I'll just pay you cash. And I walked in, and they gave me the cash price. I'd never written a check that big, and it was large in my eyes, and I wrote that check out. And I drove off in that car and took that lady that receipt and said, this is what we paid. She goes, enjoy the car. We drove it till we couldn't drive it anymore. Let me just tell you something. That is something only God could do. Only God could have done that. It was a miracle. But I'm telling you that because God wants to work a miracle for you. He wants to give you a story to tell. But there's some things you've got to know, and you you, you got to get this, all right? Holy Spirit, help them understand this. You've got to know, according to Psalm 56, 9, God is for you. God is for you. God is on your side. The God that created the world we live in, the universe that we can see and that which we can't even see yet, this God is your Father. Think about that. God Almighty is your Father. Jesus came on the scene to reveal to us the heart of the Father. In the Old Covenant, sometimes he appeared as an angry judge, just waiting to judge his people. But Jesus came, no, let me show you the heart of the Father. He said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, you, you all are fathers. And you know how to give good gifts to your children. And you're tainted with evil. How much more will your Father in heaven Give good things, beneficial things, advantageous things to those who are his children. Think about that. This almighty God is our father, and he's on our side. I I read that scripture, and I think, you know what? I have done, and I will do anything for my children. They're grown up now. But when they call me, they have an aid if it's within my realm of getting it done, I do whatever they need, even if they brought it on themselves sometimes. 
I do what I can. And it, God the Father is like that. Sometimes we do things, we bring it on ourselves. God says, son, that's okay. I understand. You're just dust. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Just get your heart right with me now. And if you'll do that, I'll take care of this. That's the God we serve. And he said, now listen to this. Isaiah 43, verse 1 through 4. You can look at it sometime. He said, I want you to know you're valuable to me. You're precious to me, the Scripture said. But that word precious means you're valuable to me. I've honored you. You know that God's honored you by bringing you into his family. By calling us his sons and daughters. That's an honor. He's brought us out of the world into light. Out of darkness into light. He's honored us. He says, you're valuable to me. I've honored you. And by the way, I love you. Therefore, he said, I'm going to give. And at that time, he said, I'm going to give people for your life. Let me just say something to you. You're so valuable to God. He, he's honored you by calling you to his family. He's honored you by putting you in this congregation. And you've got to understand, he loves you so much. He's your father. And he wants to, listen to this, he wants to show himself strong in your behalf. Second Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of Jehovah, we can say it this way, for the eyes of our Father run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to Him or committed to Him, who trust Him, who believe Him. He said, I'll show myself strong in your behalf if you'll just believe me, if you'll just trust me. I want to give you a story to tell because I want you, in Isaiah 43, you continue to read, says, I want you to be my witnesses that I'm God. I want you to be my witnesses that I'm the Lord, that I'm the only Savior. There is no other Savior. Would you testify to that? Would you be my witness, he said, and I said, Lord, I want to be your witness. That's why I came today, to tell you these stories. So I can testify and be a witness that God our Father is a good God. And what he's done for me, I promise you, he'll do for you. He's just that kind of God. He's just not my God. He's your God. He's your Father. And he wants to pour out a miracle on your life. You know the reason that I, I, could, I could stand to believe God that he was going to take care of our driving situation? He's done it more times than I can count. I have my father's Bible. My father was uh, a pastor in Dallas, a pastor of a Baptist church, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit and pastor of Spirit-filled Baptist church. And Church grew from about 400 to about 4,000 in just a few years. But he left me a memorial. In this Bible, I picked up the other day and just started reading. I noticed a particular scripture that he had marked. And in this scripture, it's Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Here's the scripture. He has it marked. All things 
Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. He had a need. Our family had a need. He needed, our family needed another automobile. This was back in 1970. Now, I'm old. I understand that. I was a senior in high school. And we had a little family altar in our, church, uh, in our home, a little kneeling bench. And he would put these requests on there, and he would say, we're believing God. He would tell us, we're believing God. We're going to pray that God's going to give us what we need to buy. He wanted a Volkswagen Beetle. So he wrote that, 41570, believing God for a Volkswagen. I turn to the back of the Bible, and I see promise claimed, 41570. Promise answered. Pick me up from school. I can remember it. He picked me up from school. And he said, son, I just want you to know, nothing's impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. And he showed me that check that some man had given him so he could go buy that Volkswagen Beetle. I'm glad he did because I drove that while I was in college. Light blue Volkswagen Beetle. And I drove that while I was in college. But the reason when I had a need, I needed a car, I could go back to the stones that he had placed and remember what God did. And he's got his Bible of promises he wanted to believe God for and answers to prayer. We all need to do that. We need to do that for the sake of our children and our grandchildren. The sake of a world that doesn't know him, but... I'm telling you, if they knew the God that I know, or if they knew Jesus like I know Jesus, everybody would want this Jesus. If they really knew him like I know him. Now, they've heard of Jesus, but that's not, sometimes they hear of a, not a Bible Jesus. But if they hear of the Bible Jesus, and they meet him like I've met him, and they meet him like you've met him, they would want him. Don't you think so? This world is a mess right now. And do we ever need Jesus? And I just hear him just saying, I want, to, I want to send my presence across this earth, and I want to work miracles for people so you can be a witness of what I've done. And when you do that, others will come to know him like we know him. How many of you here today, you need a miracle? Need a miracle? Stand with me. We're going to believe God. Now, you know what you need to do? I know it's most of you in here. I want you to come into this altar right now. Join me in this altar. You need a miracle. I don't know what your miracle is. Maybe financial, maybe family, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your body, maybe in your business. You need a miracle. Someone you know is in trouble. You need a miracle. I serve a God of miracles. Nothing is impossible with God. He's the same. Think about it, yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? you really believe it? Do you really believe you're valuable to Him? you believe He's honored you? Here today, He's honoring you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's, that's awesome to <laughs> This big old God. Boy, think about it. He's looking down in Fort Worth today. Tell I love these people. They're mine. They're my children. 
One day we're going to live with him forever. But until then, we need some miracles in this old world we live in. And our father said, I want to give you some. Father, I'm so grateful you're my father. Jesus, I'm so grateful you're my Lord. Lord, I'm so grateful you woke me up this morning. (laughs) And you said you wanted to work miracles for people. Here we are, Lord. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, our hearts are broken because of our needs sometimes. But Lord, we honor your word. And Lord, we're believing you, Lord, right now for a miracle. Listen to Psalm 143 out of the New Living Translation. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my plea. Answer me because you're faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial, for no one is innocent before you. My enemy has chased me. He's knocked me to the ground. Forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. But I remember the days of old. I ponder your great works. I think about what you've done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as for part ground thirst for rain. Come quickly, Lord, answer me. For my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I'll die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk. I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you. I hide in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm firm footing. For the glory of your name, O Lord, preserve my life. Because of your faithfulness, bring me out of this distress. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. Boy, that is an awesome chapter for you and for me. God knows how you feel today. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. He sees all. Everybody look at me. He's for you, man. He's for you. What's the greatest miracle anybody can receive? What's the greatest miracle? Salvation. As I said, if you knew the Jesus I know, you would want him. Somebody's here today, you don't know him. But he's saying, I really want to get to know you. I'm inviting you in to my favorite, to my house, to be a part of my family. Somebody's here today, you've never said yes to Jesus. But today's the day of an instantaneous miracle. How he can take a person in darkness and bring them to light. He can take a drug addict and deliver them immediately. He can take a drunk and sober him up instantly. God can do that. I've seen him do that. He can take our brokenness and heal our hearts Sometimes it doesn't take long. Just say, say, yes, Lord, I need it. And he says, okay, I got this. If you're here today, you've never met Jesus, the Jesus I'm talking about here. 
Let me give you an opportunity to say yes to him. Father, I pray for someone in this room right now. Lord, they came in. Lord, they know they're lost. They know they're away from you. But Lord, you're, you, you love them so much, you brought them here today to let them know how much you love them. And that you want them to say yes to you. If you're in this room right now, and you say, I know I need to say yes to him. I want to know him. I want him to be my father. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now? That's me. I want to know him as my father. I want to know this God you're talking about. Right back here. Anybody else? Right back here. Listen to me. Would you do something for me? You that raised your hand, would you do something and just join me? You just These people will let you through if you'll come just stand right here in front of me because I've got something to say to you. Come, if, if you raised your hand, would you just come? I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I am going to help you. I really am going to help you. This is... Come on, let, let her through right here. Help her get through here. Come on. The most important thing you can do. Jesus knows all about you guys. I don't know, but I know he knows. He loves you. And some, I know the enemy said, hey, he can't love me because of what I've done or what I'm doing. Let me just say something. Let's, let's close the, our ears to the enemy. Let's listen to the voice of a loving God. He says, I want you. I'll take you just the way you are. We don't have to clean ourselves up and then come to him. We come to him, and he'll clean us up. He'll clean us up. It'll, that takes some time, but he'll do it. And so, Lord, I'm so thankful for these that are standing in this altar right here. Jesus, you've opened the door for them to come and be a part of your family. Lord, they're here, and they're saying yes, yes, yes. Just just tell him, say, yes, Lord, I want you. I want you. Listen to me. He'll forgive your sin. He'll forgive you. He has a big heart to forgive. People may not, but he will. He'll forgive you. Whatever you've done, whatever you're doing, He'll forgive you. And He'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Lord, thank you for these that are standing in this altar. Lord, this is an instantaneous miracle, the greatest miracle of all. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. What's your first name? What are Robin. Hi, Robin. What's your first name? Rosie. Mari. Jesse. Some new family members here. This awesome. Woo! Who I like, y'all. Hey, Jesse, bless you, man. Come here, give me a hug, man. A hug these new family members. Now, listen, this man right here, he's got something to give you. He's got something he wants to share with you. Because to grow as a Christian, you've got to be an incubator. And this is a good incubator right here. You'll grow big here in this place. And, and, and you'll understand what it means to really follow the Lord. He wants to do it. And this man right here is going to help you right there. Ooh, I like that. I don't know about you, but let's give God praise for that.